before we dive into lessons to be learned from this passage, pray with me today. God, we come to you today ready to learn from your word, from the gospel according to Mark. Help us to pay attention, to listen, to hear what you have for us today. Thank you for the teachers that are teaching the children right now. Please bless that time. Help the the young people to know why you came to die for their the sins of the world. Help them to know that and learn from that today. There's some of us with heavy hearts in here today. There's some of us with health problems, physical problems, mental problems, emotional problems, and maybe spiritual problems. But I pray that as we come right now during this quiet moment before You, that we would look to You, the ultimate comfort and hope. Help us today. As we look at the world at large, we look at chaos, but we know that You're ultimately in control. Help us to trust in You. The One who holds everything in His hands. Thank You for all who are listening, including myself today. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may have heard of some of these songs. If you haven't, today might be the first time. I'm not going to sing them. But some people have written about the end of things. This is a song by R.E.M. It goes, I'm not going to do the whole thing, but it starts off, that's great. It starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes, an aeroplane, and Lenny Bruce is not afraid. The chorus goes, it's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. You may have heard that song before. You may have heard of this one by Credence Clearwater Revival. I see the bad moon arising. I see trouble on the way. I see earthquakes and lightning. I see bad times today. And part of the song is this. Hope you got your things together. Hope you are quite prepared to die. Looks like we're in, the, in for nasty weather. One eye is taken for an eye. You may have heard that song. Another song written about wanting to see redemption. Bob Marley and the Whalers sang this. Old pirates, yes, they rob I, sold I to the merchant ships. Minutes after they took I from the bottomless pit, but my hand was made strong by the hand of the Almighty. We forward in this generation triumphantly. Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Because all I ever have, redemption songs, redemption songs. Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. Have no fear for atomic energy, because none of them can stop the time. How long shall they kill our prophets while we stand aside and look? Some say it's just 
a part of it. We've got to fulfill the book. People write songs about the end of life, the end of time. You see movies maybe about the end of things. You read books about the end of time. Stories. What's going to happen at the end of time? When are things going to end? What should we do to prepare for it? I think this text helps us as we look for the end is coming. You may not think about that, but the end is coming. How do we live in light of the end coming? If we wake up in the morning and we tell ourselves the end is coming today, how are we going to live? Is it just going to be a normal day? Or is it going to be maybe things that we can think about from this passage? Each and every day we wake up and have these things on our mind. Maybe we can experience things in a new way. Or a different way. Or a more encouraging way. So how do we live in light of the end coming? That's kind of our overall question today. And you're going to have five things that, from this text that can help us as we live in light that the end is coming. Can everybody say that together? The end is coming. Do you believe that? Do you believe the end is coming? The other day I was thinking about the end before we dive in and I was like, I was listening to something or I read something and we don't know when we're going to die. Do we? We don't know the last breath we'll take. How do we live in light of that? How do we live in light of if Jesus came back? And these five things are going to help us. And we've read it already. It's a long chapter, but we're going to go through it all. Not every detail. If you want to study this in detail with me, come to my office. I'll sit down. We can do it. We can take 24 hours maybe or more to figure this out. But I hope this is encouraging to you because it was encouraging to me as I read this passage, as Jesus is teaching His disciples about the end is coming. Look at the first point here. If you're taking notes, it's not going to be on the screen, but the first point is watch out. Watch out. You see that in verse 5, 35, and 37. Look at verse 5. Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Verse 35, it says, Therefore, keep watch, because you don't know when the owner of the house will come back. And then verse 37, What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. So the first point about the end is coming, Jesus tells us to watch out. Be on the lookout. Make sure you have your eyes open. And Paul McReynolds says this, in his commentary, he says the point of watching is not to figure out when, however, but to continue proclaiming the good news until it is no longer necessary to do so. He says, if we're watching for the end coming, it's not watching to say, oh, it's going to happen tomorrow, it's going to happen this day, this day, that day. No, it's saying 
The point of watching, Paul McReynolds says, is to continue to proclaim the good news until it's no longer necessary because that means Jesus has come back and brought his bride to be with himself. So there's no longer any need to say the gospel message. So watch out. Be on the lookout. Proclaiming the gospel. That's first Jesus' point. The second point is this. Don't be alarmed. You see that in verse 7. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, we're not hearing about that today, are we? We hear it every day. Don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. Such things must happen. So if we're hearing of these wars and rumors of wars, which we are even today, don't be alarmed. And look at this. I like this because Jesus says, such things must happen. They have to happen. You're going to hear rumors of wars and all this. It's going to happen. But look at what he says. Jesus says, but the end is still to come. It doesn't say when you hear rumors of wars and wars and rumors of wars, the end is here. No, it says it has to happen. And the end is still coming. It's still to come. I like that. And Jesus is telling His disciples and us today, don't be alarmed. It's, it has to happen. Number two, or number three. Some of the points take longer, which you'll see why. Number three, be on your guard. You see that in verses 9 through 11. It says this. You must be on your guard. And then he explains, which I'll go back to. Verse 23. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. And then verse 33. Be on guard. So Jesus says, be on your guard. Go back to verses 9 through 11. Look at this. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, who's talking? Jesus. So Jesus is telling his disciples, on account of me, Jesus, the Messiah, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, don't worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at that time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. So the disciples are getting this from Jesus. Jesus says, you must be on your guard. You will be handed over. You will be flogged. You will be arrested. But, you're going to be witnesses on account of me, the Savior. But don't worry about what to say because the Holy Spirit's going to be with you telling you what to say in that time. And as I was studying this, I had to bring off a book of my shelf because I'm like, it's happening today. The Fox's Voices of Martyrs. Have you ever read this book or... Have you heard of the Fox Book of Martyrs? Somebody shook their head. Hazel, did you shake your head? Okay. This is the voices of the martyrs. 
And look how it is. It's in the introduction, it says, in the foreword, it says this. This is by Gratia Burnham. God calls us to carry our crosses. Jesus shows us how to do that. Follow in His steps as these Christian martyrs have done. And this whole book is about Christian martyrs who have risked their lives to share the good news. In the introduction, the writer says this, Follow me didn't just mean to follow Him to feed 5,000, to heal the sick, or to bask in the adoration of crowds. Follow me also meant to follow Him through sweating drops of blood in the garden, through 40 lashes, and on the long death march to Golgotha goes on, the stories you will read here in this book have been carefully researched and collected. And we offer them not as an exhaustive accounting, but rather as a representative sample of lives willingly given for the gospel message of salvation through Christ alone. There are countless others who've given their lives whose names we don't know and will never know this side of heaven. It is only in eternity that the complete acts and monuments of all the Christian martyrs will be revealed. Last thing from the book. Then we'll go on. But he starts off the writer like this. Those who told the world He is risen stood by their claim in the face of threats, suffering, and death. Their examples in dying left a lasting legacy. They set a high bar of faithfulness for generations to come. You know there are people out there right now being flogged, being arrested, being killed because they have shared the testimony of Jesus before kings, before governors, before armies, before anybody. Because of Jesus. And when you think about that, I thought about it this week. I'm like, it's probably going to happen in America very soon. But do we think about those people who are out there risking their lives for the sake of the gospel? And they're thinking, what do I say when I've been arrested? What they're saying is what the Holy Spirit is giving them to say in that time. And they say what they say, and what happens? Some of them get put in jail. Some of them get killed. Some of them get ripped out of their homes, away from family. And we don't know what happens to them. But Jesus says, you're going to be handed over. You're going to be flogged. You're going to be suffering, persecuted. But... But the Holy Spirit is with you. Be on your guard. And you just wonder because, remember, he's teaching to his disciples, and Peter wrote a letter. If you want to go with me to first Peter or second Peter chapter three, I think I said it last week or a couple weeks ago. I wonder if Peter was really listening, and here I think he was really listening again. Because Peter writes to a letter, and he writes this about 
the day of the Lord or the end. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. So this is after he's finishing his letter and it's after he's saying the day of the Lord will come like a thief and, and he's saying it's going to happen. But then he encourages his friends like this. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard. Where did he hear that from? Where did he hear it from? Yes. He's thinking, hey, Jesus told us to be on our guard. And he says, therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. But, but, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Are we people who are growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Or are we just kind of flatlining? Staying in that comfortable zone? Are we just naturally, are we saying, I need to just grow and grow and grow? I hope that's why we go into God's Word and read it and study it and ask questions to each other. I hope we're growing in the knowledge and grace of God. But I just wonder, Peter was listening. Peter was a disciple that wanted people to hear the gospel message. Because it says there, look at verse 10, and the gospel must be preached to all nations. These are witnesses going out for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Jesus himself, and saying, I don't care what happens to me, I'm going to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And a question we may be asking ourselves, are we willing to be like these people? Are we? I can honestly tell you, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I should be. No matter what happens to me, I'm going to proclaim the good news to anybody I see. I need to be more bold like these people, like the disciples in the early church. So be on your guard. Number four, stand firm to the end. That's in verse 13 as you see it there. Everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Stand firm. Everybody say that. In the Greek, it is hupomeno, to persevere absolutely and emphatically under misfortunes and trials to hold fast to one's faith in Christ, commonly endure. Are we standing firm? Are we persevering under misfortunes and trials and holding fast to our faith in Christ? Are we really enduring that? Are we persevering through the trials and misfortunes in our life? And I don't know who wrote Hebrews for sure. Nobody knows. <laughs> I mean, I have guesses, which I won't say here. But Hebrews... The writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews chapter 10. So if you know the book of Hebrews, it's all about Jesus and 
him being the above everybody else. And the Hebrew writer in chapter 10, starting in verse 19, he goes like this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is His body, since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our body, bodies washed with pure water. And then he says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for He who promised is faithful. Hold what? Unswervingly. Some translations say hold fast. We need to hold fast to the faith and the hope we profess. Because who's faithful? Jesus, our Savior. We have hope because what did we do last week? Is he still dead? Is he dead? No, he's living. The hope that we have in Jesus being the living, risen Savior helps us to hold unswervingly because He's faithful to us. And if you go on there, let us consider how we may spur one another toward good, love and good deeds. Are we doing that? Are we encouraging others, each other, to stand firm to the end? Are we saying, hey, are you holding unswervingly or holding fast to the faith you profess? The hope we have in Jesus? Do we encourage people like that? Each other? To love and good deeds? Are we, watch this, verse 25, not giving up meeting together? We're here today, right? We're meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another. And listen to this. And all the more as you see the day approaching, as you see the end is coming. Are we truly doing that? Do you call somebody up and say, hey, I just wanted to encourage you to love and good deeds. How you doing? The end is coming. How you doing with that? We all laugh, but it's not a joke. I don't do it enough. To call somebody up, one of you up, and say, hey, how are you doing today? Are, we, are you living in light of the end? Are you loving? Are you doing good deeds? I need to do it more. Stand firm to the end. Number five, be alert and pray. Verse 33, it says this, be on guard, which we talked about earlier. Be alert. Now, the NIV doesn't say and pray, but some of your translations may. If one of you has it, you'll see it, but it says be alert. My footnote says some manuscripts alert and pray, so I had to look it up. I went to Blue Letter Bible, and I hit the compare button. You know how you hit the compare translations and like many of them come up? You could probably have hundreds, but whatever came up, I looked at it. 
There was 16 English translations that came up on the compare button. Okay, I hit it and I went through them all. Out of the 16 English translations listed at the, on that first click of the button, seven of them, seven of them have be alert and pray. That's almost half of the ones listed, okay? Be alert and pray. The end is coming, right? We know that. Is the end coming? You all agreed earlier. Is the end coming? Yes. So let us be alert, ready, praying. Do we pray? Do we pray when we're watching, when we're alert, when we're looking around? If you've noticed, if you look around out in the world, what's happening? The end is coming, okay? <laughs> the end is coming. Are we being alert and praying? Because look what it says. Be on guard. Be alert and pray. You don't know when that time will come. The end of, is coming. It could be either the end of this world, Jesus coming back, or the end of your life, which we mentioned earlier. Do you know when you're going to die? No. So are we being alert and praying? Because we don't know when that time's coming. Why are we to watch out? Not be alarmed. Be on guard. Stand firm to the end. Be alert and pray. Why are we to do that? Yes. Why are we to do those? Not just that, but be, and do that while this. Because the end is coming. And knowing that the end is coming, if you notice verse 14 and then verse 28 through 31 kind of give us, I think, the crux. The, if you read just that part of the chapter, it is powerful. In verse 14 it says this, right in the middle of 14. Let the reader understand. Out of you're, you're hearing Jesus speak on the, you know, all these different things. Then he gets to verse, you know, when he's ever speaking this. I don't know if Jesus said this or the writer put it in there, but it says let the reader understand. Is that us today? Are we reading it today? Let the reader understand. And then you get to 28 to 31. And then Jesus is speaking about, let's learn this from the fig tree. And then He's talking about the fig tree. And he's, in verse 30 He says, Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. And then I think the most important thing to remember, heaven and earth will pass away. But My words, whose words? Jesus' words will never pass away. We have them right here, don't we? People have written down Jesus' words for us. They will never pass away. So, why are we to do those five things today? Because the end is coming. And knowing that the end is coming, we can be comforted by these words. Let the reader, us, understand. 
The end is coming. Even though heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus' words will never pass away. In one of the commentaries I was studying, they quoted Howard Thurman. And he wrote this on the earthly relevance to this day of reckoning, this, this day coming that we're talking about. Howard Thurman says this, Anticipation of the awesome vision should order a life for right living. Anticipation of the awesome vision should order a life for right living. Watch out. Don't be alarmed. Be on guard. Stand firm to the end. Be alert and pray. And we'll end with this for an invitation. In Romans, Paul writes this. Romans chapter 13. He also writes about the day is near. It's coming. You know, if there's multiple places it's saying the end is coming, what do you think is coming? <laughs> the end. Paul writes this in Romans 13, chapter 13, verse 11 through 14. And this is going to be an invitation. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think when we do that, we're going to watch out. We're going to not be alarmed of that day coming. We're, not, we're going to be on our guard. We're going to stand firm to the end. We're going to be alert and pray if we clothe ourselves with Jesus. Because Jesus is the ultimate example of how to live. And when we anticipate the end is coming, which it could be right now, who do we look to? We look to, who do we look to? Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The perfecter, the completer of our faith. And we, we remember it every Sunday. He paid the ultimate sacrifice for our sins so that we can be ready for the end to come. We're baptized into Christ to be clothed with Christ. We are raised to a new life, a resurrected life. The Holy Spirit is in us. And what happens when we are flogged, when we're persecuted, when we're arrested? Some of us are being, right now, somebody's being probably arrested or killed for the sake of Jesus at this very moment, and who's there to help them? The Holy Spirit. 
So the invitation is simple but hard. Do you know Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Are you clothed with Jesus? If you need to make that decision, today's the day. Because I think we all can understand today, the end is coming. Don't let it go by. Sometimes I would like to be here all day because I know of people that don't know Jesus. I know people are thinking about Jesus. Are we willing to continue to share the good news of Jesus to everybody we see? And then celebrate when they say, I want to follow Jesus because that's the only Savior that could save me from sin. Do we have to be perfect? No. That's why we have a perfect Savior. Pray with me today. These are the words of Douglas McKelvey. Now grant us strength and grace, O God, sufficient to that remains of the day that we might move through its unfolding in humble obedience to Your will and in sensitivity to Your Spirit and in joyful expectancy of Your coming kingdom. May the light of that eternal city illuminate our hearts our paths, our vision through these next hours, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's rise as we sing Come Home Running. in the room. 
hands. He is the answer you are looking for. So come home running just as you are. So come home running just as you are. So come home running just as you are. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with God's people. Amen. Go in peace. But before you go in peace, you can have a seat because Gerald has a quick announcement, okay?